0: Hello and welcome everyone to episode number 13 of the Completed Podcast, where we talk everything Magic the Gathering related, with a focus on competitive magic, with some friendly banter. <laughs> I hope everybody has had an awesome week. Um, Today I'm joined by fellow guests, B-Money and BST. Three How are you guys doing today? No, started. no, no, we're keeping it, we're rolling no. with it. We, we're having a good time, guys. We just, you know, we started cracking some jokes as soon as we started the episode, but yeah, nonetheless, how are you guys doing today?
1: I'm alright. Oh, great. Fizzy Monday.
0: Well. Yeah. That was awesome to hear. I Thanks I for the laughs. I pulled a
1: 12 hour shift at work today, which I uh, haven't had to do in quite a while, so that was fun, but now I'm here. I'm oh, so not, of, you're talking money. You
2: know, I, I got to 5 o'clock and I was like, peace, I'm
0: out. Big <laughs> money's out the door at 4.30. I wish. No, but yeah, so, uh, welcome back from uh, RC Dallas, guys. Um, how was it? How, how how was how was this RC compared to all the others? Loaded question. Not a loaded um, question. Was the venue nice? Um, did you guys enjoy the location in general?
1: I thought that this was the third worst Magic tournament I've ever been to. Third worst. It. Yep. Really? Atlanta was the worst. Oh my god, here we go. Uh Charlotte twenty seventeen was a close second. And then Dallas was kind of just like a shit show. Were you talking about RC Dallas? Or sorry, yeah. RC uh Atlanta?
0: Yeah. The one we went to that had the like the Jesus Christ tombstone in the backyard. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was uh that was for the team tournament.
0: Yeah,
2: that was for that team tournament.
1: And uh, no, Birmingham. We went to,
2: Birmingham. Oh, yeah,
1: never mind. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: No
1: say,
2: Atlanta, we had a pretty nice place.
0: Yeah,
1: Atlanta was nice. Lines. Yeah, we had, we had a pretty good one. You know, Cameron didn't book that one, it was uh, safe. Wasn't yeah, worried at a all. Good
2: part, of the, good part of the neighborhood. Yeah, the uh, you didn't fear for your life, uh, you don't take long walks down the road.
1: Yeah, uh, walk outside and see a graveyard in your backyard. You know, that's yeah.
2: true. Yeah, there was literally a graveyard in the backyard. Yeah, I could yeah. hear um, people whispering in the vents at
0: that team event. I swear <laughs> to God.
1: Yeah, well, I did see one dude kind of crawl through the attic at like four o'clock in the morning, and that was a no. We were up because like, B Money kept cracking <laughs> beers and telling us bedtime stories. <laughs> so anyway, I was, I was, I was
2: cracking beers. I was cracking beers till the sun rose. He said, like, "No, I'm going to ch- played- go to bed."
1: For four hours. All right, y'all. Good night. I'm going to let y'all go. All right. So, anyway, as <laughs> I was saying, <laughs> that, was a good, yeah. that was good. That was fun. No, was
2: funny. Uh, I think Dallas overall wasn't that bad. BSC uh, obviously exaggerates a little bit. But uh, I mean, no, it, I think it... I'll, 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 I'll go ahead and just preface m- what my experience was like. So the 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 pros were that the event was all inclusive like once you got to the event like in the area that the event was everything that you really truly needed was there but minus food so and food was like a 5 minute walk away but feels nah, like
1: it was like 10 minute haul
2: uh i mean 10 minutes there and back but i mean unless you walked like snail's pace then i could understand but um yeah, so the, the, the pros were, like, everybody was kind of, like, con, like congested in the same area, which was kind of cool. If you, like, really, truly wanted to leave, you had to, like, you know, obviously walk a little bit to go to get food or whatever. Um, but I think it was really nice being able to see everybody and talk to everybody constantly, which is, like, the coolest part for me um, as far as the magic portion goes. Uh, the downsides were you had to walk through security every time you left that area. Yeah, until um,
1: Sunday, um, yeah. you had to walk anytime you went to the bathroom. You had to go through yeah. bag check.
2: So Friday and Saturday they had the men's bathroom outside the security. So basically, in order to go to the bathroom, all the guys had to walk out of the security line, go back to the bathroom, and then come back in security and have all your stuff checked and all your pockets emptied again every time you went to go use the restroom. So like, yeah. that was a that was a really bad part. Um,
1: Another thing they moved the security better or barrier where you could go to the bathroom, but
2: yeah, which was good at that um, point. The tournament was over, <laughs> yeah. The, um, the other thing was that it was really far away from free monsters, which I know a lot of people were complaining about. Um, when you're pretty far away from Dreamhack, you know, that's when you don't get free monsters constantly, which kind of sucks. Um, yeah, I
1: think that Corey timed it um, to walk to go get monsters and get back to the venue took like about 15 minutes.
2: Yeah. I I would imagine it would probably take that long. Um, Just because you have to go through security and everything again too. Yeah. Um, But they did have more food options in the place. It wasn't as expensive as San Diego, which is not that bad which was but good. that said um,
1: I would have killed a man in cold blood for an Annie Am's to be near the magic portion.
2: <laughs> That's fair. They had like five diff- five or six different restaurants in that place though, which was like super good. If you want a pizza, you can get pizza. If you wanted tacos, you can get tacos. If you want a burrito. You can get that. You can get soup. You can get fucking salads. You can get whatever you want. Um, okay, <laughs> a
1: much more, um, a much larger variety. At least,
2: um, I talked to the vendors and the vendors weren't really, really satisfied with where they were. Uh, Cause like the vendors and the artists were like in the same hall. So it was like, the sun. (laughs) Yeah. Like the vendors were like right next to the window. So like they were just like constantly in the sun. I will say as a tobacco user and smoker, uh, their balcony for you to smoke on was super sweet. It was very convenient. Um, it was, it was packed at times. Yeah. Yeah. It was just walking out onto a balcony, which is super nice. Um, Uh, and then (laughs) the biggest thing of the weekend is in the middle of day one, it's round five and the middle of day one, it's like nearing towards the end of the round. I think there's like 40 minutes or like, there's like 40 minutes gone in the round. So there's like 10 minutes left or so. And all of the power in the main room shuts off. I was playing a
1: game. (laughs) I was in the (laughs) middle of a game and, um, the dude that I was playing against had like his posse there and they all pulled out their flashlights. And we played. Uh, I, did, I did too. I was standing right behind up, my maybe.
2: buddy. I was standing right behind my buddy, and I definitely watched McCall did definitely turned mine on uh, to let him finish his game, and he ended up winning the game, which is really cool. Um, so, yeah. And uh, but yeah, other than that, it was like it was like one of those things where uh, there was a lot of pros, a lot of cons. We weren't technically in the Civic Center or the Convention Center; we were in the Omni Hotel. Uh, yeah, which is, is a little bawling. bit weird. Um, oh, really bad thing that happened. Uh, on Sunday, there was, there was a 10K, uh, eight slot RCQ. Yeah,
1: 1,400 so person all day, 10K. All uh-huh. day,
2: there's 1,400 people that are able to sign up. <clears throat> Until 9 p.m. that night. Somebody, I, I met, met somebody that literally watched it change. Until 9 p.m. that night, it changed from 1,400 to to 429 people. That was the maximum people. No, That's four four twenty nine. If it went to like four... oh, was it oh, whatever. Yeah,
1: because uh, if it was at four ten, it would have been an extra round. That okay, was what whatever. The...
2: <laughs> okay, well, they <laughs> capped it at four oh nine at nine p.m. the night before. Whenever I forgot to sign up, or whatever, uh, and then and so like I didn't forget to sign up. I was like, when I get back to the hotel, I'll sign up. Like it's not that big of a deal. Like there is gonna it was a fourteen hundred player cap. That's like more than people that were in the main event. So I was like, "Oh, that's fine. Like, what, no worries." And like,
1: yep. uh, two o'clock in the morning.
2: <laughs> yeah, like two o'clock in the morning. I look and it's like capped at four hundred nine, four hundred nine out of four hundred nine, and I'm like, "Oh, great." So, um, yeah. So then they ended up. One guy convinced them to fire another five K eight slaughter. So they like made a couple calls. Um, shout out to that guy, by the way. He could he could sell you your shirt off your back if you wanted to. Apparently. Um, but. He convinced them to run a five K eight slot RCQ after the guys at the event desk had to call Wizards and then call uh Dream Hack to confirm both ways that they could do it. Um yeah, so they did it and then they ran, they started a five K sign up at like ten and it and was like I think they capped it at two hundred and forty players or something like that, two hundred and sixty like players, that. some somewhere in the two hundred mid two hundreds. And it went to, like, it was, like, only, like, 10 slots open when it, like, ended up firing. So, like, it almost filled that morning. But from what I saw, a lot of people didn't play on Sunday because of the, the cap, so. And they didn't know they were going to fire 5K, so. Nope. Um, other than that, though, no, I think it was good. I think it was decent. But not, I feel like. I, it wasn't the best.
1: I feel like it was, I mean, <clears throat> it definitely wasn't the worst tournament of all time, but. It was very just, like, everything was kind of unorganized. The way that they were doing security was just, like, really annoying. Um, Especially the bathroom thing. That was really frustrating. The fact that food was so far away. Like, sure, it was only a five-minute walk, but five minutes there and then five minutes back. And that's if there's no line. Like, if you just get to walk up and be like, hey, this is my pizza. I'm buying it. Here's cash. I'm out then that means that you have to have at least 10 minutes of free time to go get food. So, yeah, like, you basically can't go unless there's, like, 20 minutes left on the clock, or else, you know, you're having a panic attack about making it back on time. Um, So control players basically got fucked this whole turn. Yeah, I mean, I was playing um, the (laughs) Yorion Fires deck, and, like, I was going, you know, my rounds were running long, so I just didn't eat basically, which I normally don't eat a lot of food at uh, these events anyway, but <clears throat> I will say the best thing that they had going for them was that they were constantly, and this was mostly the Omni, but they were constantly restocking the water because um, they had, like, water bowls and such out
2: like, Water bowls dogs. were not dogs, no. Um,
1: they were water jugs. Water jugs like, that they were basically a water kept... Yeah, they just like kept stocked the entire day or the entire weekend, so that was nice because you know, like at least you're able to get something. Um, but I will shout out to the, all the
2: magic players too. They kept the bathrooms clean for the, at least the first thirty minutes of the weekend, which yeah. was yeah. super dope. The first thirty minutes, if you got to use the restroom, it was very
1: clean and immaculate. Yeah, I went that, in there. I went it. in there on Friday Damn. morning while Corey was playing in an LCQ. I went to the bathroom and you know it was like there were people in it but it was nice, clean, organized, whatever. And then I went back like an hour later and there was water literally everywhere on the sinks and I was just like, what did you people like what do you people do when you wash your hands, bro? Like <laughs> yeah. Like I feel like they're just like drying it on the countertop, like just slapping the counter. But <clears throat> um overall I think the event was just like it was Really, it was just more disappointing than anything because, like, they had Atlanta, which was a god awful tournament. Like, everything about Atlanta was just bad. And then we went to San Diego, and it was like honestly one of the best tournaments I've been to. Everything was well organized, events were firing. Like, the things that were firing were firing on time. Um, The rounds were going like the normal amount of time over. And then this (laughs) was like unorganized. The, like, the way that they had us so far from DreamHack was just, like, weird. Um, it, it was just kind of, like, it was very different. Also, the chairs were the worst thing. Oh, yeah. I don't even want to know how many chairs broke throughout the weekend, because I know for a fact on Sunday at the 10K... Almost every single person at the table that I was sitting at for the player meeting had to get a different chair because they just, like, either didn't have one or their chair broke when they sat down. What the hell? Yeah, they, they were all, These like chairs were made out of paper towels. Yeah. Like, they were very thin. Like, if you looked at it too hard... It was legit a fucking McDonald's cup. Um, yeah. <clears throat> it was bad. The tables were wider than they were in Atlanta. Like, they were large enough that two people could put a playmat on it you know across from each other but they were too uh they weren't long enough so everybody was crammed on top of each other and some like they literally so they built the tables like on wednesday apparently and so some of the tables are like different heights so like you have spots where the tablecloth is like a fucking trampoline so it's the opposite of how it was in Atlanta. Yeah, Atlanta had good-sized tables and the comfiest chairs that you'll ever sit no, in. No, anymore. no, you guys are... No, no, not Atlanta, no, San, Diego, no. San Diego.
2: San Diego. No, San Diego. I'm talking about
1: Atlanta. Atlanta's tables were long, but they
0: were like, you can Correct. only have one yeah. playmate on that shit.
2: Yeah, no, the yeah. tables in Dallas were fine. The chairs, however, were terrible. The okay. tables...
1: So each individual table would have been fine if not for the table next to it being a different size.
2: Yeah. But no. like
1: because of that, people were scoot had to scoot over because like you couldn't you can't sit your deck on a hill. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so everybody was just like crammed on top of each other. Like I legit had to put like normally whenever I sit down, I like put my little playmat case on the left side of my playmat, put my deck box up there, and like I'm fairly contained in my spot and I had to move all of my things down and tear off a piece of paper to use as a life pad instead of like having my book jesus like the guy next to me literally was just like hey man i'm gonna have to ask you to move your crap if you don't mind i was just like yeah all right well that's fair we don't have room like i bumped elbows with people all weekend yeah
2: i think i think that the chair and table situation is just a product of the venue not necessarily like them renting it because the san diego one that san diego event that we went to those tables and chairs were those like are, provided yeah. by the the actual
1: convention, so at uh, the right. convention center. So and those were nice, they definitely. Yeah, they were perfect. <clears throat> I just, ah, oh, man, I don't know. Uh, it so, was just disappointing to go from San Diego to this. So it's yeah. going to be like hit or miss, basically, essentially, like yeah, forever. I, like San Diego made me really excited for Dallas, and now Dallas has made me really um, nervous for Atlanta. Yeah, because like I saw, like San mm-hmm. Diego was so well run. And everything went so well and just just it helped that we were like in a greenhouse and it just was beautiful out there. Right. But like to then go like I thought there was like some real improvement that DreamHack saw and they were just like, yeah, we're you know, we're stepping up. But then this shows that actually that was completely a fluke. Uh, It was just
0: no, it's just because it was in San Diego and the venue was really nice. That is literally it.
1: I think I I don't think anything's changed.
2: The venue in Dallas was really nice, too. Like, the entirety of the venue was really nice.
1: Yeah, the venue itself was nice.
0: Yeah. But I also heard, like, all the side events were, like... Or not the side events, but the LCQs. They were firing like crazy. But they were also, like, ran terribly. Like... Yeah,
1: the LCQs... So, they had, um... I think they ended up firing 28 of them. Total. Uh. And they were... Every round was, like, basically guaranteed to be an hour and a half. That's disgusting, man. Yeah, like... It's great for you control players. No, that is terrible. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, they're not being a timer is great for, you know, the blue-white guys, but... Yeah. They were, uh... And there were a lot of blue-white decks in the LCQs, but it just, um... It wasn't super great, and then the thing like the 10k where they just kind of... I guess, Brad Nelson's uh, roommates in his hotel signed up, and he was like, quick, cut it off.
0: What? Oh, whoa. Nah, just kidding.
1: Give me the it's two a there. Nah, it's a, Because Brad Nelson uh, run slash own part of oh, melee. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Um, but it, it was... The the fact that they just like shut the cap off on the ten k the night before, and then they ref- like we got there in the morning. I pre registered that day, like on Saturday. I pre registered for the ten k, um, and then we got there Sunday morning to try to see if B Money and Xavier could just be like, oh hey, you know I like tried to sign up, but melee sucks, and the staff was just kind of like, huh, damn. Anyway, fuck, dude.
2: I mean, it wasn't necessarily it, it wasn't their like fault, that, but. but... They also were like no the the event is hard capped. yeah like it's we're not allowing anybody else to sign up right and Which so was
1: mostly because they had to be out of the venue by eight o'clock,
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean also there was like they also were like basically uh they basically like well we're you know unless it pops back up on melee that you can sign up for not allowing it to open up again yeah and so that's when that guy convinced them to run a five k like in like simultaneously to that.
1: Yeah, Yeah. which was nice because I mean, it it makes no sense to have such a small event for the like the day two thing, because there's 1200 players in the event. 300 players are going to day two. So like there's 900 people, you should have at least room for nine, at least enough things for 900 people to do. Even if you don't have 900 people like 900 spots in the 10k, you should at least have enough tournaments To fill up 900 people. The problem is, there was like basically no side events on Sunday except for the 10K, the 5K that got added on, and then some limited thing. There,
2: no, there was limited. There was vintage and legacy on Sunday.
1: Oh, right. So, as I said, there were no side events.
2: And Pioneer, there's a Pioneer triple tap on Sunday as well at three. What is that? Other than, uh, yeah, what's a triple tap? You just get triple the points for winning. Um, Oh, okay. So, like, (laughs) you just get triple the points. Gotcha.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, mean, uh, he is dreaming. It's. uh, I'm interested to see what happens in Atlanta. But I don't know. It could be better. (laughs) We'll see.
2: (laughs) My dog was dreaming, son. He was
1: hitting the snooze. Yeah, he was super snoozed. Fucking.
0: Yeah. Well, I guess we can uh, go ahead and talk about the results uh, for all the RCUs. In all regions. It's probably a good yeah. starting point. Um, <clears throat> or, or, or a good point to talk about, in we words.
1: I think there's no surprise in uh, the fact that Red Black was the most represented deck across the uh, all of them. And it wasn't even close, honestly. Uh, Red Black was... 21 percent yeah 21.1 and the next highest was mono green at 11.1 and so i think there's really no surprise that those were the two most popular decks is it creativity showing up is interesting that's pretty cool the deck I, I, don't, I don't know
2: i don't think it's that surprising honestly it was popping up like weeks like for the few weeks before the rc hit right.
1: Yeah. yeah, I didn't pay too much attention to what was going on in the format overall. I was, I just knew that blue white con- control was getting better.
2: <laughs> yeah, I was just surprised at how much blue white
1: control was there. Yeah, six point seven percent. That's actually the fourth deck. Also, the Lotus Field Control deck is a thing that just like exists now that people be playing.
0: I mean, it's been around for a while now, though. When like, I guess it, it has. just hasn't
1: been real, quote unquote, you know? Yeah, it has. It just hasn't been like a deck. Like it just kind of exists, but now it like top aided some of those events.
0: I mean, it's what well, what what events has it top aided besides from just like leagues?
1: Let's see. I think it. I'm pretty sure it top aided one of the RCs.
0: That would explain Let's why it's see. getting a lot of
1: traction then. Let's see. Uh, there was basically one blue-white deck in all of the RC top eights. I
0: know. I, I don't think it was a Lotus Control deck either, right?
1: It may not have been. I don't think it was. So, right now. Yeah, okay, so in uh, the East Canada Regional, there was a. Uh, strict Proctor control deck that top aided maybe top four. Oh. It's interesting. Uh, it's just surprising to me because I've always like I've been saying that that deck sucks for since it like the first time I saw it I was like oh this deck's dog, but apparently it's decent enough that people are willing to play it.
0: <laughs> I mean it's Pioneer like I feel like you can play anything that has like a streamlined like game plan and just do well with it, right?
1: I don't know about that. I but... I just dis- I think <laughs> I I disagree. I feel like in Pioneer the ma- your matchups are very polarizing. Like there's so many auto losses. Yeah. And auto I mean, but wins. every deck has that, right? Like Yeah.
2: Every every deck in every format. That's it what is.
0: Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like you can play like nearly any deck in Pioneer and do well with it. Like if it's a if it's a deck already like in the format, like I'm not yeah, saying I like think, you can th- take your your little brood to like an right, RC sure. and do well. I, I
2: think you're what you're saying is like everything's kind of on the same power level in that sense. Like there's not any decks that are like super overtuned and overpowered. I mean, Whereas, red black like, is definitely overtuned, but I don't think I don't think. But the thing is, is like red black did like didn't even really top eight like any of these tournaments. Like there's only like one or two RCs that red black top eighted, like in total. So it's like, yeah, it might have the most representation, but it's not putting up like the expected results of like top eighting multiple times. Like whereas you've seen in other formats where you have like the same deck hitting four slots in a top eight. You know,
0: Ractos was two of the top decks in SEA. Um, I'm not sure how it did in the China Open. Oh, there was one copy in the China Open. That top eight is. You also is.
1: have to think about the, some of those are also Rakdos sacrifice. No,
0: like the the ones uh, I'm naming yeah, off right now, like the, those are pretty good. Bit of the black. the
1: first Rakdos sacrifice list that I
0: see is in the the F two F, and there's a normal red black, and then there's also a sacrifice. But top eight, oh this ver this the the F two F had three copies of like stock red black in the top eight, and one Jeez. sacrifice. Um. You know, Mexico what I'm saying is like yeah like Mexico had I'm, three copies of red black in the top eight. Like
1: top eight's putting like it's putting numbers. Like it's putting up numbers. Yeah, but it also had only like its overall win percentage though was still only forty eight percent. Like red black um And do you think that's because of how
0: many red black players there are? Because well, I, mean, I feel there like were 2, I feel like that percentage because a forty-eight
1: point two conversion rate. Because I mean, the most,
0: like I guess you know, the more red black players there are, the more skewed that percentage is going to be, or the lower Marcus it's going to be.
1: Sacrifice had almost a sixty percent win rate. Brock, I called that
0: too. I was like, it got, dude." Crazy. I just had a feeling that sacrifice was going to be good.
1: Blue white lotus field had a sixty-two percent win rate.
2: Yeah, highest win rate of all. Jesus.
1: Yeah, it is the highest win rate deck. I was very, I'm very surprised at how many spirits decks were out there, and the, I mean they had a fifty-seven percent win rate.
2: I mean it was a good call. I, realistically, like the deck has a lot of good matchups. Like yeah. after I like, I mean we talked about it at the RC, like how, like how the matchup spread is for them. Like I mean, if you look at the the one percentage of them versus Grease Fang and then winning 88% of the time. Like, that's such a good stat. Like, yeah. it's, it's incredible. And then your Mono Green Devotion matchup is a 61%, whenever that's, like, the second most represented deck. Like, I mean, you gotta... I mean, you're, you're yeah, basically like, hedging your bets there. Bro,
1: Sacrifice has... I'm a... just so nervous about playing a deck that loses to Red Black in the format, just because of the fact that there is so much Red Black.
2: That's fair, but, like, I mean... Okay, but prime example BFC. How many rounds did you? How many rounds did you play on day one?
1: I mean, I never. I only played versus red black once. So I, yeah, I exactly, that's what I'm you. saying.
2: So, the, dude, like... I wish, the issue is
0: the issue moving past day one. If he would have gotten past day one,
1: it would have been just nothing but red black. No, not even that. The dude who like played. Karuga Fires that top eighted, who went undefeated basically the entire tournament, played versus Red Black like Raff. five times overall or something like that. It was like four times on day one and then I can give once you the in exact day stat. two. I want to say he played versus it like, I think he played versus traditional Red Black three times on day one and then Sacrifice once and then Red Black again in day two. Like, I don't know. If- I, can
2: give you, I can give you the exact stat. So he played against. Red, black, one, two, three. He played against red, red, black mid range three times. And he played against rack, rack to sack once. He played against monogreen devotion the most.
0: How many
1: times?
2: Five times. And he beat it every single time until he lost in the top eight.
1: Yeah. Apparently his loss in the top eight to it was just his opponent doing it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I watched the match. His opponent literally just went like turn one, elf, turn two, old growth troll, turn three, like play Nykthos, play this, play that. Like it was just like the pop off. Like turn five comboed, like both games, which is like super hard to beat.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. Like that matchup, I only played versus Monogreen once, but all three games, my opponent just like did it to me on turn four every single time. And like I had a Leyline line binding. At any given point, but that was it. Like, I never could draw a second removal spell, or like the one time I layline binding my opponent. Um, <clears throat> he played a cavalier, I layline binding on his end step, and he besieged it. And I was just like, bro, yeah, like so, drew, um, he legit never missed a draw step, it was insane. Every single turn, he was just like, sweet, storm the festival, bro, stop. So, yeah. realistically speaking, how do you guys feel? Like, how do you
0: guys feel that the meta is going to evolve moving forward? So now that we have all the results, we have all the stats, we have all the information, uh, do you guys think that we're going to see a lot more Azorius, like, Lotus feel? Do you think that's going to, like, really, like, warp the format? Or do you guys think everything's just going to stay kind of the same? And
1: I, I don't think it's going to warp the format, necessarily.
2: I think, I'm going to be honest with you, I think it's super dope that like a deck like that can just pop up and exist in the format. Like, yeah. that just means that the format is still like, not completely, solved. like, solved, Yeah. right? Like, I, now given, it was a deck for like a short period of time, right? Like previously, like a year ago. Well, and Boards Convoke too, that's the same same another good. <laughs> the same thing that I'm going to bring up as an example is Money Pile whenever I played it, right? there was already a couple like somewhat iterations of the deck. Like, like there was like three copies, like that were kind of similar, but not really like refined and tuned. And then I refined and tuned the deck and then it was just like, boom. Yeah. It's like, but it's like the same thing. It's like, you know, somebody can build this deck, do really well with it. And then every, and then all the good, the good players like refine it and like dominate, like with the deck. And then it's like, Oh, well now this new deck exists. And I think that's super sweet for a format in general. Especially, like, in Magic, I think that that's, like, part of the the whole entire idea of Magic the Gathering is, like, you can use your creativity to build something sweet like that and, like, go and spike a
0: large tournament like this. I think that's super cool. It is cool. Yeah. Same so thing with the Boros Convoke deck, like, that deck just popped up out of nowhere.
1: Ah, oh, you mean Hogak.
0: Yeah. The Hogak. Fine oh, man. I agree.
2: Dude, okay, so... I want to do this uh, or I'll bring it up later. I'll bring it up at the end of the episode, but nope, I want to, too do late. to bring it up now. I don't know. I'll bring some i some. You're going to forget. You're going to forget. I'm not, not going to forget. I already wrote it down.
0: Okay. All
1: right. All <clears> right. <throat> so yeah, yeah. stay yeah, on format. I think the format is fine currently. It's not as bad as it has been in the past, but like so like the last time that I looked Rakdos was, like, 20-something, 21%, I think. And it's kind of gone down. Rakdos is now 16% overall. The next highest is 14%. So, like, there's a closer spread percentage-wise, and I think that that's very good for a format.
2: Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree. Um, I think it's funny, like, Boros Convoke, like, everybody, like, freaking out about it and then all of a sudden it's like it's the hogak
0: of the format okay
2: dude it's
1: not it It is not at all it It is is one million
0: percent the hogak of the format look i know a guy
1: who played hogak once um me too and true you know i do too
2: i have known that guy too but what i'm saying is like
1: he played it and it was really busted and I know a guy who plays new Hogak mm-hmm. and you know it also looks equally as busted. I feel like it's effectively I agree. the same deck. And guess what? guess what both cards
0: have. Or both What's decks have in them. Convoke. Convoke.
1: Yep. That's so, true.
0: So by that we should logic...
1: rename the storm scale the convoke scale and never print convoke again. No,
2: absolutely not. I
1: agree. Yep. Yep. I think we should. I.
2: I mean, um,
0: how can you like? You literally cannot beat Boros Convoke. It is the hogak of the format.
1: It's unbeatable. It, it top aided one of the RCs.
0: I genuinely oh God, think yeah. the deck is unbeatable. Oh, yeah.
1: I genuinely no, think it's, it's unbeatable. A thousand percent. Oh yeah. Oh, you're, All right, you're okay.
0: Wh- what are you gonna cast to to beat the Convoke deck? Uh, temporary, temporary lockdown. lockdown. <laughs> that doesn't work. <laughs> that doesn't work, dude.
1: My, there's, one of my buddies. They're well, blue two of for my spell
0: what do you do Get now? Out of here? What do you do now? No, I'm kidding. I, I'm pretty ironic, everybody. The, uh, I hope you
1: know them. Two of my friends built the Convoke deck, and I played versus both of them Saturday at our local Pioneer. And versus one of them, I drew temporary lockdown, and I was never going to lose that game. And versus the other one, I didn't draw temporary lockdown, and I did lose. So maybe it is unbeatable. It's only unbeatable if you don't have well, temporary so lockdown. Does, maybe, okay, hear me out. So maybe it's actually really unhealthy for the format, because you have to play for temporary lockdown, and you That's shouldn't have true. to play four copies of a card that hoses one specific bit, No, you like could just play Goblin Chain Whirler, hello.
2: You can also play, like, Hidetsugu Consumes All, and, like, and like all these other cards that sweep the all the tokens, like it's not.
1: Nah, whatever. Those okay. are okay. Oh yeah. That doesn't matter once I have
0: a five-five yeah. five in play. What then? Yeah, and
2: then you just go. Oh, here's one of my eight removal spells in red black. You're like, boom! Hit yeah, this dude. I'll
1: fucking stomp your knight errant.
2: And they're like, oh, he I did. have a four-four <laughs> cools. And say hello to the shieldred. Great, <laughs> block that forever. <laughs>
1: Um, yeah, I no. think that the deck's pretty close to unbeatable. I think it might be the best deck in the format, and I don't think it's necessarily yeah, close.
0: <laughs> okay, we're being ironic, everybody. No, I, uh, um, I think it's I think it's good to have an explosive aggro deck in the format. I think that's a good thing to have. Like genuinely, I know it's not yeah, fun to it's... lose against, but it is it is a good
1: healthy thing to have in a format. The thing is, I feel like I'm a lot more okay with losing to a deck like that than I am to losing to a deck like Mill or something. Like, (laughs) I don't know. It hits your Uh, psyche different. Is that it? The deck is just a creature deck. Like, it just kind of... They do it sometimes. Um, But it's so much less consistent than Hogak. Like...
0: Of course, yeah. I mean, that's, like, yeah, yeah, that's the amount of times
1: you know. that you get to do the dream plays, you know, where you go like turn one, land, Thraven Inspector, go turn two, Ornithopter, Gleeful Demolition, my clue, cast, generated, Loxodon, all right, pass, untap, burning tree, bushwhacker, kill you. Like, it, that doesn't happen every game. No, definitely. True. Yeah, it doesn't. True. Do you
0: think, um, I do you think, go ahead, big money, because my no, my I, question's way it's way stupider. So you go first.
2: Uh, it's not necessarily a super question. I think that like what the, all the stats show us is that mono green is still the best deck on the format. Uh, I, I agree. I've I, been I, saying
1: I, that mono green is the best deck.
2: Yeah. Like mono green had the, basically the best matchup spread. I think of the weekend, if you look at the total games played versus their win percentages on each one of those matchups, like, yep.
1: The thing the about only it is their the, only
2: bad matchup was mono white, and like that's only because of the card Brave the Elements existing. That's
1: literally the yeah, only reason. And mono white doesn't even play that anymore all the time.
2: I know, like there's like one out of every like four probably mono white players are playing Brave. Yeah, the so, thing about
1: mono green and like what I've been saying about the deck since Atlanta is that even its bad matchups, it can still just like Oonga Boonga and win anyway. Like yeah. It's bad matchups aren't free. Like, B Money, you played Mono White in an LCQ in Atlanta because it had such a good Mono Green matchup. And then you got paired vs. Mono Green. And, and I got railed. Cameron, Cameron, the Mono Green player, just uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. went turn that. one, Land Elf, turn two, Wolf Willowhaven, Kiora, Untap It, Old Growth Troll,
2: Kill You. I never saw Brave
1: the Elements. Exactly. If you see yeah, one Brave the Elements, it changes everything. Yeah. It, it just. Uh, the. Like, the thing is, it just doesn't, like, even it's bad matchups, it still can just win against. And the other decks in the format, like, their unwinnable matchups are just unwinnable. Ah, oh, yes. Yeah. That is
2: exactly why I am building Mono Green Devotion as we speak. Very nice. So, yeah.
1: like, nice. um, like, me and B-Money did, a, did some playtesting the night before, <laughs> like, on Saturday night, and I was playing... uh Blue White and he was playing the Karuga deck and like you know, the Blue White versus Karuga, like Karuga or the Fire's decks just can't beat Blue White, right, like that's the thing. And there was a game one of our games that we played, I literally missed a land drop for like three turns and was super dead, and then I won the game somehow. Yeah. Because I mean, that just matchup happens, yeah. is just unlosable. Yeah, it's, yeah. Whereas like with mono green, like it doesn't have a matchup like that. Yeah, Unless but... you get
0: extinction evented.
2: No, even then.
0: That feels brutal, man.
2: <laughs> even then, their mono like mono green still had a sixty three percent win rate over 300... 400 and looks like four hundred
1: and what is that? Like, over
2: four hundred and fifty games. That's pretty good. Like they still had a sixty three percent win rate against Raktos.
1: Yeah, their their Rakdos matchup. Like, sure they have extinction event, but like that's also it. Yeah. Like without it, then Rakdos has no chance. And sometimes Extinction events four mana and by then they've just like, they they have like a cavalier but they also have a Karn and a Kiora and a fucking cityscape leveller in their hand. About yeah, to cast. I played
2: in I played in one of the LCQs in Dallas and that I played I was playing red black and I played against mono green and I extinction event the guy twice and he still comboed off of like two or three turns later. I'm like, no. how, how like, it, is, it it's so hard to like win that matchup whenever they just can they can do things on a different axis of the game like they they don't abide by the regular rules of magic like they play a game they play like their own sub game in magic (laughs) and it's it's really kind of dope but also if you just like don't draw good the deck's not good
1: (laughs) like it's not great it also can just stumble super hard yeah like it's, it's bad draws are worse than a lot of other decks bad draws I'll say this: but There's, there's it's a more, very worth trade.
2: Yeah, I would. The upside of playing Mono Green outweighs the the downside of like not drawing well. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like. Yeah, I just think that the the it has it's just doing the most broken things in the format. <laughs> other than my, oh, other than Azorius Lotus Field now, because Azorius Lotus Field is definitely doing way more broken things. It is cheating it is basically cheating it's um, just
1: playing a tapped black lotus i
2: went to an lc or i went to an rcq last weekend and guess how many judge calls were called whenever the one guy in the room playing the deck had strict proctor in play and put a lotus field into play
1: how many how, none.
2: <laughs> how many times do you think that there was a judge call thinking that their opponent their opponent thinking they could kill the strict proctor in, in response uh mm. at least once around
1: i i would hope none since it's a competitive magic round i would hope that they would be you know would know those kind of things but no
2: they did not they thought they could kill the strict proctor in response to the lotus field entering but they and you want to talk about how to make cannot. that
1: deck shitty instantly <laughs> what <laughs> that if if that removed the oh, uh, strict proctor yeah. thing it would yeah. be so bad
2: <laughs> god Ugh, that deck
1: that'd
0: be would awful. Suck. So, in all honesty, so I know you got you, Tanner. You said that you know you're fine with losing to like Boros Convoke, but you can't lose to a deck like Mill. Why does that? Do you think that affects like your psyche or your brain a little bit differently? Is it just the way the deck wins? Like,
1: it's because there is no like. The thing about, like, mill is that there is no real game action that matters at any point on either player's side.
0: Really? Like, at all?
1: In my opinion. Like, as the mill player, like, whatever actions you're making really don't matter. It's all just, you're just playing the same card.
2: I don't know, casting surgical
1: is pretty... It's similar to burn, (laughs) but you can't gain cards in your deck.
0: That's, That's fair. fair.
1: Endurance doesn't work super well because Tasha's Hideous Laughter is uh, a card, unfortunately, or else Endurance would be a great option, and it still helps, but like I don't know. They I've just won. flip so many cards. It's just a, it's a really annoying deck, and another part of it is that the players that play Mill also, like those people are a very specific person. You know what I mean? Like, every one of them is somebody who, like, just doesn't think about the actions that they take during the game. I have never met a mill player that has any actual tournament etiquette whatsoever. True. Like,
2: I mean, I think we're stereotyping here, technically, <laughs> but... I mean, sure,
1: then, but, like, am I wrong?
2: Uh, yeah, I would have to say that, uh, you may be
1: wrong. <laughs> oh, no, man. I've I've played a lot of Magic. I've I'm playing a lot of no players, it. and I hate that shit. That's fair. Uh, it's just it's an annoying deck to play against. Um, it, it's just it's just kind of like a, I don't know. I like to play Giga Brain decks. I don't like yeah. to play against Smooth Brain piles. Okay. <laughs>
0: Okay. <laughs> so Okay. Yeah, we gotta. We gotta. Now. All right. I'm just. Next, I'm
1: mostly just we're going roasting, next. Roasting. Yeah. I'm mostly just roasting your boy JT. He, uh, he plays Mills, so I like. I'm harassing him about it. So um, <laughs> but like, yeah, yeah. Now, now
0: that we're on this topic, I think it's a good way to transition. Um into a completely
1: different subject let's go uh,
0: lord of the rings spoilers and bounties well,
2: I, I don't know how that's a good transition but <laughs> i was gonna jump
0: into the next right. topic but i figured we should just go in order so that's fair
1: i'm super uh, hyped for lord of the rings set. lord of the rings is my favorite thing <laughs> it's my favorite like nerddom thing uh outside of magic i'm super excited for the set Uh, I wish the cards were just any amount better.
2: but The
1: cards? So,
2: how do you guys feel about it not being standard legal?
1: I'm fine with that.
0: I think that's fine. I don't think the cards are really all that
1: impactful uh, in modern. I think that if it were standard legal, the cards would be, like, if they just printed it as it is, as it's been spoiled, into standard... I think that a lot of the stuff would be way too strong for Standard, but I think that this set, instead of being like a Modern Horizons-ish set, should have been a Pioneer set. Because I think a lot of these cards are just barely too weak to be Modern playable, and would fit perfectly in the power level of Pioneer. Agreed. Like, there are some cards that are good in Modern, and are probably going to see some amount of play. Is it going to be legal in Pioneer? No,
2: no, I don't think so, right? Yeah, that's what what I'm
1: saying. Like, it would have been better as like a Pioneer Horizons. Uh, That's fair. Like, like, there are just so many cards that it's like, man, this card is really good if it cost one less mana, or if this were an instant, this would be playable. But like, I I don't know if it's because they just didn't want as much like. They just didn't want to listen to people complain like they do about Modern Horizons. Yeah, that's. So I don't want to know. make it a little weaker. But
2: have
0: you have you guys looked at any of the cards at all? I have. I've I've seen a couple of them. Uh, the one that looks really cool and I thought would have been really neat to be in Pioneer was it was like it's like a four drop like two of any color black black like removal spell and your opponent discards like uh, I need to find it. Oh, uh, the legendary instant! Yes, that card looks sick. I was like, like that. That card just seems really cool. Isildur, Isildur's Isildur, Fate Strike,
2: Isildur, Isildur. Isildur. Gosh, I, oh, that name always trips me up. Oh uh, yeah, it's uh generic, generic, black, black. Destroy target creature if its controller has more than four cards in their hand. They exile cards from their hand equal
1: to the difference. Yeah, I think that card's so like really dope. That could be a three drop or a three and a half drop. So <laughs> is it an instant or a sorcerer? It's an instant. It's a
2: it's, a, it's an instant. It's a, it's a legendary instant.
1: Right. So that means so you can only cast it if you control a legendary.
0: It. No, no, that could only be one of those on the stack.
1: No, I'm Control legendary, yeah, control legendary. Yeah, you have um, control legendary, which is what makes it less good.
2: Yeah, um, I the card that I, I saw that stuck out to me the most is just in, specifically in limited uh, is which King of Ang- A- Angmar?
0: Which King bringer of yeah. ruin
2: or no? Which King of Angmar? The the five mana five three okay. flyer. Yeah. Yeah, yep. that card. Is no, no, that's a which limited... of ruin. No, it's not. It's a the six mana one.
0: No, it's three, man, <laughs> what part it's three... Five mana. Part of five Yeah, what part of? Well, five he said a five three, three, three flyer. flyer. So I'm like, wait, the the six drop is a five three flyer.
2: <laughs> no, no, no. It's it's a five mana five three flyer. It's it, it is a limited nuke. It literally is. Oh, wow. It's so fucking good. Uh, a lot of the cards those...
1: will probably be pretty good and limited.
2: For those of you that don't know, if you guys are listening, it is a three black black legendary creature or wraith noble. Uh, it has flying whenever one or more creatures de- deal combat damage to you. Each opponent sacrifices a creature that.
0: Sorry, you good. A brother. You good? Yeah, Sorry, Your brother I'm sorry. Right.
2: I'm sorry right. I couldn't help it. All right. Um, all right, yeah. So, whenever one or more creatures deals combat damage to you. Each opponent sacrifices a creature that dealt combat damage to you this turn. The ring tempts you, period. Discard a card. It gains indestructible until end of turn. Tap it.
0: That
2: card's just so good.
0: That's pretty good.
2: It yeah, does everything. It, really is. it it does absolutely everything. It's it's going to be a bomb. It's And that's another thing that I've noticed about this set a lot more, too, is like, obviously with March... Like March was like a bomby set, too. Like, if you just opened like certain bombs, you just kind of cast them and win. At uh, I think yeah, that's some grand at Sunfall. Sunfall. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think Witch King is going to be like that, too. I think if you just like are in black and pick this up, pack two, pick one, or something, like you're probably, if you're casting this card, you're probably going to win the game.
1: I wish that they had made Tom Bombadil better. You still uh, want to play ADH. True. Probably not. But it is super sweet. I love that. I love Tom Bombadil as a character in the books.
2: Yeah. So
1: I really want I him lo- to be stronger than he is. I but...
2: love how they made him a god, though. Yeah. He is a god bard.
1: Yeah, which is really interesting because his origins in the books are like more or less unknown, but it's assumed that he's like effectively a god. Yeah. So he's. The manifestation of the song of creation, yeah, or that's what they Um, think.
2: yeah, I mean, um, other cards I wish that, that...
1: Galadriel could have, like, they could have had a stronger Galadriel, that would have been nice, but yeah, I will say one card I'm super excited for that's probably just again not quite modern playable is the um, was seven mana Balrog that costs one less for each permanent that was sacrificed. It's like it costs one less for each permanent that's been sacrificed this turn.
2: Uh, I don't know. I haven't seen it necessarily. Let me let me look
1: it up. Cause I can't I can't remember. Cause there's two Balrogs. There's one that's just mono red, and then there's the red black one. Um, I do think it's really cool or, how they did the Nazgul.
2: Right I think it's really cool how they did the Nazgul's. There's like nine different arts. Yeah, the Nazgul. And then, like yeah. you can have as many. That is a really. Area. You only you have really seven, cool. right? You you can can have nine. Nine. Okay. You can have yeah, nine. So they, yeah. Which I think is yeah. super cool. It's super flavorful. That's
1: pretty dope. Um. <laughs> Sauron the Dark Lord is low key super good.
2: <laughs> uh, Aragorn the Unifier. That card's gonna
1: be super sweet. sweet. That I think that card's actually playable. Like uh, possibly, I, can, I would. I would play that in money pile.
2: You would definitely play it in an Omnath deck because you would want to cast Omnath with this. <laughs> uh, yeah, 100%. You get all the stats. 100%.
1: Um,
2: for people that don't know, Aragorn the Unifier, or Uniter, sorry, not the Unifier. Aragorn the Uniter, I'm thinking of freaking um, what's the Atraxa? Grand Unifier. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: um,
2: <laughs> uh, Aragorn the Uniter is red, green, white, blue. So, Wuberg, not black. Uh, whenever you cast, it's a five-five human noble. Whenever you cast a white spell, create a one-one white human creature token. Uh, when you cast a blue spell, scry two. When you cast a red spell, it deals three damage to target opponent. And when you cast a black or a green spell, target creature gets plus four plus four until end of turn. I think that a lot of that text is irrelevant, except for the blue text. Yeah, I agree. I think the blue text is the best part. I agree. <laughs> like everything else is kind of meh.
1: I think uh, flowering of the white tree is going to be a played card potentially. Oh yeah, that card. Yes, it could. It uh, could very much bring back like a white weenie esque strategy. It's the two minute anthem that all creatures get plus one plus one, but legendary creatures get plus two plus one and ward one. Like that's really uh, good. Yes. I think delighted halfling is super good. It's the uh, the mana dork, the one mana one two. Oh, taps yeah. taps for callus or taps to add a mana of any color that can only be spent to cast a legendary spell and the spell can't be countered. Yeah. So I think it's very possible that Yoggmoth might play some number of that card. Um, um
2: I think that Elven Chorus is gonna be a really good card for EDH. If that is has any relevance to what we're talking about. Agreed. Um that card's gonna yeah. be a really good in EDH.
1: Yeah, Elven Chorus is really good as a for sure. Like at least as an EDH card. Um,
2: I've have seen people that are wanting to try and play Goldberry. Um, Goldberry. and like modern, yeah, the River Daughter, the one three that moves counters.
0: Oh, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That um, card is good.
2: Yeah, I've I've seen people like talking about like playing that card and like. Almost like a prison style dron deck or like something similar to that. Um,
0: yeah. yeah, I mean I could see those yeah, it...
1: um
0: Yeah. Yeah, there's
1: there's a lot of really cool cards. I think that <laughs> the land the white land that draws a card. I think that card's gonna be playable. Um the God, I can't remember what that land. It's about Minas Tirith? Yes, the white land that draws card. That card is yeah, great. I also
2: think that those arts are super sick. How they go all the go together.
1: Yeah, the panorama so have you cards seen are that? really sweet. Yeah, the panorama cards are super cool. I know. Which I think I'm going to get them first, and frame them. I think when the fa- set first started getting spoiled, um, somebody mentioned that there was like a something super busted with Frodo Sauron's bane. Um. Gosh, I can't remember.
2: I don't know, but the all the uh the Shire like ones, so like Labelia, um, Wizards Rockets, Gandalf Friend of the Shire, The Lighted Halfling, Bilbo and Frodo, all those arts that are like the full art ones, they look super sick together.
1: Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, they really do. Yeah. Uh
2: I think that these are going to be super sick.
1: Uh Orcash because... masters. Yeah. I Some like other really card. card. Sorry, I'm trying to cut
2: you off. No, you're good. I just, think, I just think that the way they're doing these full art cards, how they all have panoramas, I think are super gas. And it makes me oh, want yeah. to collect them just for the art, not for the cards actually being the cards. Like, yeah, you know, it makes yeah. me want to just frame the the art, like,
1: which for is super sure. sick. Yeah, they're just so sweet. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot of these cards that are just like. Like the text on them is so good, and then the mana cost is just like not quite what you need.
2: Yeah, it's like that that blue saga. If that blue saga costs two, that card would be really oh, good. Oh, that the card would be not Two old. mana. Yeah, no, I'm talking about the bath song. Hmm. Yeah. The bath song that draw two, or draw two, discard one. That'd be nuts. On the yeah, saga, that,
0: that would be so good. And then
2: Shuffle any number of target cards from your graveyard into your library, and then add two blue. But if it, like, is it really that good? Like. Is it? Is it? Does it say up to? It's 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 literally the, no. It's it's draw two cards, then discard a card, and then shuffle any number of target cards from your graveyard into your library. Add two blue. Like, is it really that much better than playing Charter Course? Yeah, because
0: like, that card lets you cast Tide Regent. Uh, that's fair. Like that would be nuts. Like think about it, two mana. Oh my! Have yeah, your job. Yeah, but you can, like shuffle you can you can do the same thing, like anyways. Like it's just the fact that I, you get the know. mana back for it that you used to cast it. That's fair. Like, that that's really solid. It's it's you basically get a free like draw effect and a discard effect. Which sure. fuels your graveyard and your murktide. And then you just get to cast a free murktide and hold up counter spell. Like that is
1: just Yeah. that is so I mean, I thinking. So I, was scrolled my- I scrolled down. I scroll down to the <laughs> card I was home about, the Balrog, Durin's Bane. It's a 7 mana, 7 5, that costs 1 less for each permanent sacrifice this turn. It has haste and can't be blocked except by legendary creatures, which is basically unblockable. I mean, when, des- when he dies, it destroys an artifact creature an opponent controls.
0: See, I like that card. When I first saw it, I'm like, this is at minimum, in the right deck, a 2 mana removal spell, right? Like, you play it for 2. You get to attack with it. If they kill it, then you just get to kill something, in the world, right? So I'm like, that's like best case scenario. Well, that, that's like second best case, right? Like best case is you just get to start attacking with it and just kill your opponent. Um, but the more I thought about it, it's like I mean, realistically, if I could get it to four mana, like would I be okay with that trade off?
1: No. So I mean, let's see.
0: Because murder is three mana. What? Like, I mean, our hero's downfall, right? I'm, that's the way I'm going to think about it. So it's like, hero's right. downfall.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's another one that just, like, needed to cost one less. I agree. Because I like- you could, like, fetch reduces the cost by one, and then casting, like, say, a grief or a fury reduces the cost by another one.
0: Or even on the right I- deck, I- you know, like a sacrifice center deck. I don't know.
2: I really like the uh, the one mana green saga that has seven or six sagas. Oh, yeah, the stuff the ants.
0: Yes.
1: Yeah. Literally, <laughs> just card is really really cool. Yeah, that card is really it's cool. Just put a counter. Yeah. Put a counter. I've seen a, a, a lot counter. of
2: mixed emotions of this though. Like I've seen a lot of people that are like, eh, I don't care for it. Like whatever. Like for the yeah, set, it's not necessarily also, great,
1: but it's cool.
2: All I'm saying like the Lord of the Rings in general like oh right yeah yeah they're just like i don't really care about the set like who cares uh and then i've heard other people be like this is going to be the sickest like you know crossover they've ever done as far as magic the gathering goes i don't know man it is I,
1: sweet but i will say i agree that like like i said the set sucks kind of there's not a lot of I think power limited will it. be fun yeah it'll be super fun limited and the thing is i'm going to spend an ungodly amount of money on this Why? Because I just want everything. Yeah. It's fucking sweet.
0: It is sweet.
1: Dude, I just want to collect it because it's Lord of the Rings. I think the best art in this set is The
0: Last March of the Ends. Like, that art is just gorgeous. (laughs) Uh,
1: One problem I do have, since you brought that up, actually, I feel like overall the artwork for this set is like, there's so many that are so mid.
0: Yeah. There's a lot that are made. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, they're just, like... It's just way so too generic. Digital. Yeah, it's very just generic. Like, uh... I think
2: the the, the the full art cards are just better.
1: So the first Balrog that card that got spoiled, the mono-red one, I really hate the artwork for that a lot. Because, like, I wanted the Balrog to look fucking cool, you know, and, like, just be a badass because it is but they kind of made it look goofy and super clunky because it's just so digital yeah i don't know like it it just it looks so like it it looks goofy honestly that's really all there is it just looks goofy Uh, that's fair um
2: yeah, no, I, I think a lot of the arts are sweet. I think a lot of the arts are stupid too. Well, not stupid, but are not well done.
1: Um, yeah, not for you know, not for you or not for me. Yeah, it doesn't matter. But yeah, there's some of them right are
2: super down. sweet. Some of them are super sweet though, like the Shire yeah,
1: Scarecrow. Right? Pff, duh. <laughs> Rosie Cotton, the reason for Sam being the best character in the entire series.
2: Yeah. Uh, also the Lambus. Yeah, the
1: Lambus bread. Also yeah, the full Smeagol art The full art, the full art so, cool. so cool. They're so cool. I'm kind of like you. I kind of want to get all of the full art panoramas and like frame them. Frame them. I think yeah. that would be a really cool thing. That's a good. That's a good idea, B money. I'm gonna steal that from you.
2: Yeah, you're all good, so, dude. You're all good. Thank like, you. I think that's like one of the things that like really appeals to me most is like making it art, not something that I want to play ever.
1: I I think that my favorite art in the set might be Shadow of the Enemy.
2: Shadow of the Enemy. Yeah, it's the it
1: six. It's the six mana black sorcery. It's three generic and three black. Um, exile all creature cards from target player's graveyard you may cast oh. spells from among those cards for as long as exiled and mana mm-hmm. of any type can be spent to cast it but the artwork on that is so sick I'm trying to find the OG it? art?
2: like the OG art? Or the,
1: like the full uh, art? no, the OG art the one that's okay. just like the shadow of Sauron oh, in yeah, the clouds yeah. it just looks so sweet yeah <laughs> And then you have, you know, some of some of them just like don't they just don't quite uh do it for me. I don't know. I just That's fair. I wish they made the artworks better. Because like the thing is, like for me specifically, I was gonna buy a ton of this set no matter what anyway. Like the cards could literally just be like two hundred different Storm Crows and I would still buy it.
2: That's fair. Madeline.
1: That's just fair. because of what it is, but yeah, no, um, I been... think cards just don't. I don't know. I guess I'll stop complaining about it. But <laughs> like, there's a sorcery that I really, I really like it. It's um, is it yeah, Gandalf Sanction. The is a three mana sorcery that deals X damage to a creature where X is a number of instant and sorcery cards in your graveyard, and it has uh, excess damage as dealt to that creature's controller. I really like that card, but it's a three mana sorcery. Yeah, that's fair. Like, hey, so for that effect could have just been like a two mana instant, or even a, th- or even just be an instant instead. And it'd be playable. Arguably.
2: Yeah, that's fair. I, I, I think th- I really like the art for uh, Palantir of Or, Or, Thonk- or Orthar or Thar- Ordon- I don't know how you pronounce it specifically. The, the orb that, that uh Saruman carries around.
1: Oh. Palantir of Orthonk.
2: Yeah. thank. Yeah. I think that it art is, is super
1: sweet. It's, it's really cool.
2: Like, I, I kind of want to find out... Uh, who's the artist? Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind buying... I'm not going to butcher a that last name. Yeah, I wouldn't mind buying a print of it, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Because it looks really cool.
0: I think Call of the Ring also is, like, up there with one of the best arts in the set. It's with um Bilbo holding the ring.
1: Yeah, that one is really like, cool. That is it's so very sick. different from uh, it's different from the art and the rest of the set. Yeah, like I like how just brooding it is. Mm-hmm. And I don't know
0: if you guys have seen the One Ring, like actually, like in person, like that video they posted about it and how yes. it has like oh
1: my god it's clear. already bent oh,
0: yeah but it has like is it yeah it has it has I never, it's, I never saw yeah this video. it's curling but like if you have the art of it pulled up anything that is gold it looks like genuine gold like it is like beautiful it's fucking. Oh, really? it is gorgeous yeah it is just like it is very sweet. it's it's amazing but it is curling <laughs> shout out
1: yeah, it's already curled. Shut up. It hasn't even been released yet. It's already curled, and it's going for two million dollars.
2: Oh yeah, let's jump on that subject. So the yeah. bounty went from what originally fifty k to, uh, what was it, two hundred and fifty k to half a million to a million to now today. I think it's Monday. Two mil. Two million. Two million dollars. <laughs> a uh, bounty for the one. Ring. Yeah, it's a
0: store in so, Spain.
2: I will ask you this. If you
1: sold. open the card. Yeah, would
2: you you would sell it for two million right off the rim?
1: Oh yeah. Instantly. Yeah. I wouldn't even think yeah. twice. I would like see a glint of it and already message that store in Spain and be like, hey, how much? No, that's not how much, it's two mil. Yeah, like I just I would already have sold it. Before I even like, when I grabbed the pack that had it in it, before I even had it open, I would be trying to sell it.
2: Yeah. Now, you guys are crazy.
0: Huh. I would get it graded first.
1: Huh? No, I, would. I would get
0: that bitch graded first. 100%.
2: Bro, if... if it, Okay, this is what you guys don't aren't, aren't realizing. If somebody puts a $2 million bounty on it, you know what that means? It'll
0: go for more. That
2: somebody will pay for five. Somebody will pay five for it. Look,
1: me money. I'm well aware. Sure, somebody will pay five. However, somebody currently will pay two, and your boy is happy with $2 million in his pocket. Well, I mean, theoretically,
0: you're going to walk out with like $1.4. Like, yeah. Because you're you're going to have to take out like, you know, 60%
1: of it it for, or like 40% of it for taxes, right? Fine. I guess I'll take a measly $1 million. Gosh. No, look. Yeah, no.
0: (laughs) Throw it in the auction. Or throw it in a throw it in a fucking um No.
2: I I get that f- I, I, I I changed my mind. I, f- I feel the offers immediately starting at three million.
1: When Dan Bach posted and was like when he did the first bounty, you know, it was like, hey hundred thousand dollars, send it to me. Uh I would have I was already like, yeah, no, I'm selling this as soon as I open it. Like within seconds that motherfucker is gone.
2: Yeah. See, but what if what? If, okay. So, what happens when you sell it for for a million, right? And then a, a month later, they go, "Oh, this person turned around and flipped it for seven million. Sweet, like, good for them, dude. I got my million. <laughs> no, that, that's, a, that's the I dumbest thing ever. I don't care. That's crazy. I don't understand. Why don't you just maximize your value?
1: I mean, I'm maximizing the value that is currently being offered, and I'm just taking it. No, it's guaranteed
2: money. I'm just trying to help you understand that it could go for more and it will go for more than right when it's pulled out of the pack and you're like, hey, my golden ticket. Let me go ahead and sell my golden ticket immediately. Sure.
1: Well, <laughs> the thing is, uh, Tanner likes taking I'm,
0: profits. b likes that diamond hand shit. Yeah, I like the diamond hand everything.
1: See, I don't play the stock market because I don't want to like sit on, you know, thousands of dollars and then it suddenly disappear. It doesn't happen like that. It does happen like it that. Could.
0: No, it do- it
2: <laughs> happens like that when you put your money into very unstable shit.
0: It happens like that. Even it happened to Bitcoin. It's on the come up, but
1: it did happen to Bitcoin. i man, like, what if I open the card and I was like, all right, fine. I'm not going to, like, <clears throat> I'll wait until someone will offer me $5 million. Like, that's what I'll do. I'll put some feelers out. Whenever I can get a $5 million offer, I'm selling it. And then nobody does for a while, and then magic wizards keeps doing what they do, and ruin the fucking game. And then nobody wants well, it. Anymore. No, it still will always be the one ring.
2: Like, there that that will never change.
1: Sure, like, but then I end up having to sell it for ten thousand dollars because all of the cardboard is worthless. That's not true at all. That could happen to anything at any time. Exactly. So why wouldn't
2: I just take the free money? <laughs> that doesn't. That's not what I'm saying. You, okay you just don't understand what i'm saying i get it
1: no i I do i get it it completely
2: you're like i don't have a million dollars right now so i will take the million dollars right now is basically what you're saying
1: correct yeah because i do not have a million dollars i would would, love to have a million dollars where
2: i am like no i would rather take the four million five million dollars instead of instead of being like oh i'm holding on to this million dollars for the next six months like you know what I'm saying? Like, I'd rather hold on to it for six months and sell it for three times that than, you know.
1: Yeah, no, and I get that. <laughs> I do. Like, I completely understand where you're coming from. <laughs> I just However, don't
2: understand why you wouldn't? It's
1: because I only make like thirty thousand a year. Oh, right? well,
2: that's fair. <clears throat> I guess different strokes for different folks. I'm just if you're it, my my mindset would be like if I'm already suffering, then I can suffer a little bit longer to make sure that I'm never suffering again.
1: Yeah, but what if instead I just went ahead and stopped because like I'll need to not suffer for like another what ten years and I'll be forty and I can kill myself right?
2: Oh my gosh, that's awful. <laughs> that is awful. But um
1: I just I would be wild. I would sell it instantly, honestly. I like yeah, I said, I was willing to sell it when it was a hundred thousand. It like just a different mentality. You
2: realize that was like a month ago that they said it jumped from 100,000 to 2 million? What what, no. what makes you think a month from now it's not going to jump from 2 million to 5 million?
1: Well, to be fair, it's probably not going to get opened for six months.
2: Do you think it's in America? Do you think they released it in America or you think they released it somewhere else? I think
1: it's going to be somewhere else. I think, they're, I think they released it in America and I think that a store is going to open it and they're going to hold on to it until they sell all of their products. <laughs> I'm going to be completely genuine with you guys. I think they know exactly
0: where they're going to send it to and I'm I'm pretty certain it's not going to be in America. Well, like Why do you say that? say that? It's just it seems way too obvious and like in all honesty, they think that their whales are mostly located in America. So, they already know that so... they're going to get all the money from like, you know, Americans, like to be honest. People are just going to bolt by the shit. So well, the thing yeah, is, but though, there's only because, a because of run. that,
1: it makes the most sense for it to be in America, because, like, America's gonna buy the most packs anyway. So, like, it w- it's not like it would be suspicious if it got open in America when we open twice as many packs as other countries I do. I guess that's
0: valid. Yeah.
2: Also,
1: I... I or maybe I, it's completely random. Like... It
2: could also be completely random, but what... Alright, conspiracy theory time. What if oh we find out, like... A year from now, that they that somebody in Wizards planted it for his friend to open or something, and like sent the pack to his specific store, told him the serial number on the box. The guy looks at all the serial numbers, grabs the box, opens it, and then makes millions of dollars and splits it with his buddy at Wizards.
1: What? Surprising? Oh, I mean, it could happen. It could very much. I'm happen.
0: not. Look, you think that it, I am. No, I am ready. I am. Look, I am completely ready to find out that there is some fucking. Conspiracy or something weird that's going on with the one ring, it's a lot of money. People know it's a lot of money. Somebody's gonna find a way to fucking ruin it. Like, let's be honest.
2: I just think that it would be a really bad rap for uh, oh, old... it'd be a class action lawsuit for wizards. Oh, yeah, it would cost them hundreds of millions of dollars.
1: Uh, it would cost way more than whoever sells it.
2: Yeah, <laughs> <God>. exactly. <laughs> It would cost Wizards hundreds of millions of dollars especially if yeah especially if there's just a bunch of people that are like hey class action lawsuit. Oh, did you guys yeah,
1: See that would happen. Wizards would lose a ton of money. They would go bankrupt and then the one ring would be worthless. Did you guys also oh, see um, Oh, I get it.
0: <laughs> did you guys also see that uh that guy on TikTok that was streaming himself opening up collectors mm-hmm. cases, cases of collector boosters cases of collectors boosters of the Lord of the Rings set already? Like, I'm
1: talking literal cases. Yeah, he said he had a connection with someone in, uh... Like, this
0: guy would sit there and crack packs.
1: Bro, just wait, the Pinkertons... Yeah, Yeah, that's the crazy thing,
0: he's still doing it. He's still doing it. And he streams himself opening up packs, like, six hours a day. Like, you know how many cases of, like, Lord of the Rings you need to be opening up that much product?
2: I mean, yeah. he could have easily been like. I mean, he could easily have some money and just be like, "Hey, I spent twenty five thousand dollars on." He
0: opens up twenty five thousand dollars worth of product a day. I
2: don't know if that's true. Like that's a, that's hard. No, that's that's a lot. Yeah. The each booster box is four hundred
0: bucks. Do the math. Like yeah, but the so... case
2: is only like twenty seven fifty or like twenty eight hundred. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but that's 62 packs. 62 and a half packs, right? Or boxes, rather.
2: I mean, if he's opening up, let's just, okay, so for the sake of the conversation, let's say say that he is opening up $25,000 a day. The guy must be rich. I mean,
1: he really doesn't care about
2: money. So, I mean, at that point, like, if I was so rich that i didn't care about money i'd say fuck it too like i'd be like hell yeah, yeah. if i was elon
1: musk i would just be spend, buying shit like crazy I'll spend, a, I'll spend a quarter of a million dollars to try and win four million dollars or whatever like you know what i'm saying no. like also if i had that kind of money i would just be like i don't know what the highest bid is for the ring but i'll double it yeah exactly and then throw it in a volcano <laughs> that'd be funny i still wish like, mr Beast would do a video of it. that'd be sick I wouldn't. I he wouldn't. does he is aware that Magic the Gathering exists mm-hmm. so it is possible.
2: Yeah. But That would be cool. It would.
1: Um, it would be I'm, cool. I'm excited for the set. Uh if I manage to open the ring, I'm excited to have money in my pocket for once. Um, if I don't then that makes a lot of sense because that would be extremely unlikely. But that's fair. Be fucking dope to open it. That's fair.
2: It would be really better, cool.
1: Yeah. I would definitely request whoever bought it that uh, I I would definitely take a picture of it and of me holding it before I told them that I opened it so I can keep that forever. That's cool too. And then just buy a proxy and have a stand-in. <laughs> Dude,
2: I, I want some sick fuck to put it in his EDH deck.
1: Oh, God. Oh, God.
0: <laughs> I would throw
1: up in my mouth, dude. Bro, that
0: would be the most expensive EDH deck known to man.
1: Yeah. You would have to sure. have, like, an actual bodyguard with you whenever you played Commander. <laughs> That'd be funny. People are already saying that you don't need to open these packs Bro, public. we've been saying that. Yeah, we've
2: been saying that. We, had, yeah. we talked about it previously on one of the episodes yeah. where we were like... We were saying, like, what we would do if we opened it, and we... Our, obviously, our plans have changed, because $2 million uh, plus, so... Oh, fuck the money. It is, with a decent amount of money. It's,
1: um, uh, it's pretty wild. I mean, it, it's... Every box break that stores do now is gonna have to be, like, done in a secured vault and be recorded so the employees can't walk out with the cards.
2: I mean, also, like, if you're doing box breaks to this stuff and you're making the profit off of that, like, dude, and you open it on a box break, bro. Like, I mean, they could just easily just open it and be like, oh, snap, turn it off, delete the video, see you later. Yep. No bod, no nothing. You have no idea. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah,
1: 100%. And they probably would, realistically, because, I mean, like... For one thing, I think it's in a store's best interest to keep it a secret if they open it for a while. Because I mean, you know, people are still gonna buy the collector's booster, sure, but like once the ring gets found, like that incentive is gone.
2: Okay, so there's also another incentive. Like all the other numbered rings are really good. Like all our souls are really dope. Like,
1: definitely. But like every person that's been talking about it so like I've been at top tier a lot the last week and like everybody's been like oh man let me pre-order some collector boosters you know hopefully are you guys gonna buy the ring if I open it like obviously not like of course we're not going to yeah
2: 30 bucks I got you
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) Um, but like that's the main thing you know because that's like a real like I mean it's a real appeal yeah I mean uh, like you could technically open it so I think the packs would obviously still be sold because the other serialized cards, like you said, but I think that the rate would go down a little bit. Yeah.
2: I'm just waiting to, to see like that one thing happen in like a TikTok video where some little kid opens up a magic pack at a Walmart and like opens the one ring and then some old guy just comes out of nowhere, punches the kid and runs <laughs> off with the card. And then and like there's the this like, manhunt for this dude that stole a magic card
1: <laughs> oh.
2: and it oh, just got some mad publicity. That'd be crazy.
1: Somebody's going to open it at a store doing a box break that's not being recorded. and They're just going to slide it like in their little notepad. It's like, yeah, damn, sucks, man. You know. I'll
2: tell you this. Anyway, I think I, I think it would be it would be probably not out of the realm of possibility <laughs> that they did put it in some random store pack like that, some store collector booster like that. It's possible. Awesome. So um, right. I will I will be buying some packs from like my local Walmart and Target and stuff uh, because. Uh, are
1: Walmart packs low key or heat? I know. Oh, I you know. Also, it. Walmart sells dragon shields. Whoa, they do, but they don't sell the right dragon shield,
2: they don't sell classics. No one sells classics anymore.
1: That's not true, actually. Top tier board games LLC, no, but they
2: can't buy them anymore. They're discontinued.
1: They'd be buying them. They just got an order of 24 in two days ago.
2: Oh, well, I don't know who they get them from because I'm pretty sure they stopped printing the classics. They are no longer on their website.
1: Well, you know what? Dragon Shield. Can so I guess their off. distributor probably has classics. Yeah, I'm sure they just have but... tons of backlog. Yeah, I'm sure. Just nobody buys it. So.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's fair. They're all but 24 me... packs of sleeves are going straight to you anyway, so it doesn't really matter.
1: Actually, I went there for Pioneer Saturday and one of the guys that I was sitting with, I noticed he had some black classics and I was like, yo, bro, where'd you get those, bro? He's like, oh, I'm on top tier. And And I was like, hey, man, how about you stop using my fucking sleeves, all right? (laughs) And now whenever I get paid, I gotta go to top tier (laughs) and buy all the packs so that nobody else can buy them. That's fair. Which really, Uh, I need to do anyway. Just be like, all right, how many can you order? I just need that many. And then I'll just be set for a long time. Yeah. Like three weeks.
2: Heard that. Yeah, so uh, yeah, it's just wild northern stuff.
1: It is, man. It's awesome though. It's really cool that they're like, the cards are really flavorful I and mean, it fits really well. It's a good set, flavor wise, card wise, man. But <clears throat> I'm excited for it. I'm excited to go broke buying packs. Yeah, I
0: don't know if I'm gonna go too crazy buying stuff, but I'll probably pick up the sweet looking singles and grab a few packs here and there, but. Can't say I'm gonna go fucking crazy, honestly. I pre ordered
2: a case.
1: But I
0: have collector boosters.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: Did you actually? Yeah. Oh, nice. How, mu- how much was that? <laughs> <laughs> Just happen. No shot. No, what? I asked Cobb. Walk into Cobb's shop and ask. Oh, I mean, you probably got a good deal on that one, then.
1: Yeah, I did. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: I did. Yeah.
1: So how much should it have been, I guess?
2: It should have been like 3400 bucks, 3200 bucks,
1: <laughs> something like that. Oh, God. Should have so Can been. you get me a good deal?
2: <laughs> I can, but you're probably not going to still want to pay what I paid. <laughs>
0: <Okay. laughs>
1: Jesus. Tell Cobb, I'll come work a collect-a-thon with him.
0: Collect-a-thon.
1: Uh. <laughs> oh, Yeah.
0: Oh, but yeah this shit's um, um, crazy yeah. and you know i hope one of us at least gets a pull to pull the one ring because if one of us oh, eats Abby. we all eat baby you already know gotta take care of the squad until
1: vega opens it and then he's just like metamorph who? yeah yeah that's, that's so no so nah,
0: that's that's fucking disrespectful <laughs> my man my man's will be like
2: who, who the fuck are you that know? is so disrespectful
0: damn what that is what fucking ring? what are you talking
2: about Stop clicking Clifford? on the spreadsheet. I see. That's him fucking moving. brutal,
0: man. I take care of my boys. Um. Yeah. No. But yeah. Anything else you guys want to cover before we uh end this episode out? Uh, hmm.
2: I don't think so. Uh, do you guys have any RCQs coming up? Oh, BSC's already qualified for Atlanta. Uh, I have the one in qualified Nards.
1: the first weekend, and now I have nothing to do. Narbs? Yeah, the
0: one at NARB's coming up.
1: I thought you were going to the one in Baton Rouge.
0: When is that one? You, I don't know. That I'm was last that weekend. Day. Last weekend was the one in Baton Rouge. There was one oh, in Baton Rouge right.
1: on Saturday. Mm. Or in Houma on Saturday.
0: Yeah, that's way too far. There is one in Houma on Saturday. Way too far. Yeah, that one's like six hours for me, right? Four hours? What? It's like huh? four at
1: most. It's like
0: four at most, yes. yeah. Yeah, at it's
1: most. pretty far. It's probably closer to like three and a half, three. Bro, your range is. I'm nothing. not
0: driving three hours for an RCQ. I'm just not, bro. Especially not. There's a guy grade.
2: here. There's a guy here in Nashville. His range is is twelve hours. In yeah, a day. but that's his job. So, he's a uh, judge. Yeah, that's his that's... job. Oh no, no, no! I'm not talking about that for that. I'm talking about his RCQ range is twelve hours. In okay, a day. then he's
1: sick in the head. Yeah, I would not drive twelve hours for an RCQ. <laughs> he's literally saying.
0: mentally ill. That's not true. 100%. I'm not go, driving go, go 12 hard. hours for an RCQ, bro. Just to go hey, get idiot. O2 dropped by Mono Green because they had the numbers. <laughs> you got me it, fucked up. I'm sorry. You got me fucked up. If it was a if it was a saner format where shit was balanced, I am not making... You know how terrible that would feel to make a 12-hour drive. You sit across <laughs> your opponent and they go, Elf, Elf Ghost Troll, Cavalier of Thorns, put this Nykthos into play, cast Kiora, untap my Nykthos, cast my Karn, Go untap. nah, dude. Nah. I oh yeah, nah, dude. Uh, I'm I, already getting, I yeah, dude. I'm getting it. twisted thinking about making a 12 hour drive and getting <laughs> shit on. I just, I can't do it. It's okay. Some people want it. Some people I want it. Some people want it. I don't want to make that 12 hour drive for that. He admitted it.
2: Wow. Well, he did, he admitted that he's quitting. Metric. I don't want it that I bad.
0: It. I don't want it that oh, bad. He, he, okay.
2: I heard he quit. I know. I get it. Some people are committed. You make people a 12 hour drive
0: for an RCQB money.
2: I will. I've gone, I've gone to an RCQ every single weekend for the past six weekends. Hey, shout out. Including RC Dallas. Hey, shout out. Which I wasn't qualified for, and Elsie, Hey, shout out.
1: Yeah, hey, I was there for that. I watched. Where were you? <laughs> uh, scrubbing out to the main event, mostly.
2: No, I'm talking about my old
0: homeboy over here. Oh, Vega? No, <laughs> Vega came.
1: I was there. Oh, that's
2: right. That's right. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Yeah, yeah, I, I was forgot. there in spirit.
1: <laughs>
2: um, yeah. Um, oh yeah. What I was going to say earlier that I wrote down, uh, yeah, I remembered, um, for those of us that go to the next RC, uh, I saw, I saw, I listened to another podcast. It's like a pioneer podcast, but they did this cool thing that they did where they did bingo cards for the weekend. And, uh, yeah, like they just basically made up like certain things that they might see over the weekend. Um, like they just basically all made a bingo card and whenever they saw it in person, they'd have to mark it down that they saw it or whatever. And then like the winner got like something, uh like at the end of the weekend or whatever. They all like pooled their money together and got like packs or whatever. Um all right, but... deal. the
1: winner pays for T D B uh T D B. All right. Bingo done. card
0: yeah, let's do it. That's perfect.
1: <laughs> done. Yeah. We'll or the some... winner gets their T D B paid for, yes. excuse me. Not the other way around.
2: No, 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 no the 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 winner the winner doesn't yeah that's fine yeah
0: the, yeah, winner, the winner gets what pay for. for yeah
1: otherwise yeah. I'm gonna be honest with you all I would just be blind for the weekend uh,
0: <laughs> that's fair
1: I ain't got the money for all that uh,
2: um, unless unless the one ring <laughs> well yeah no yeah, that's a good I'm idea good. let's do that let's make We're some gift cards bang yeah, for it down
0: confirmed down. Well, all righty guys yeah for those go. for those of us that go yeah, yeah. So wait, which one is it? Atlanta, right? Again? Yeah. We've done the the
2: full circle back to Atlanta. Yeah, there's only yep. gonna be three RCs in America, so there's only three Dream Hacks in America. Damn. Yep. All the rest are overseas. That's where we
0: need to go. We need to go to Barcelona.
1: Barcelona.
2: We already missed I that. Wish opportunity. I wish I could have. Yeah, we already missed that opportunity. So we could just
0: fly out there. Yeah, I oh,
2: know. Yeah, I'm
0: not
2: flying out there for no reason. No, Dude, they, have, yeah, LC- they have the, yeah, they there.
0: have yeah, they have for the Pro Tour there. Maybe, you they just don't, don't have, want that They enough.
2: don't have last chance qualifiers for the Pro Tour. Both you are getting yeah, the argument Yeah, they do. Uh, no, they don't. They have PTQs for the <laughs> they, next they Pro Tour. Not.
1: Yeah, they don't have last chance qualifiers for that Pro Tour. <laughs> yeah. Well, we could you, just get fucker. that guy that convinced them to run that one event to show up and then get them <laughs> to run one. <laughs> Exactly. But funny enough, I actually only know that because of that one time that I was at the Pro Tour. Damn. Ah, yes. And Pro Tour, uh, competitor. everybody was playing in. Aaron Barrage was playing in uh, LCQ there, and I was like, "Oh shit, does that qualify for this?" And they were just like, "Nope." Oh, so like
2: for, it qualified them for Barcelona.
1: Oh
0: yeah. Yep.
2: But so. uh, none, nonetheless, you do skip a lot of steps by winning
0: the tournament. So just yes, winning in general, you just get to, you know, be more comfortable. I think we, I think I should try doing that more often. You know, just win more. <sighs> well, in order to win more, you have to play. So. No, I mean that's not how that works. <laughs> I've won plenty. Uh, look, just, just being sit comfy. Down,
1: put the gun on the table, and then start playing, and your win rate skyrockets.
0: Sir, I would catch a lot of charges doing that. I would do the opposite of winning.
1: <laughs> Get a swear. call from Vega. Hey, uh, I need you to, to advice did not
0: work, Tanner. I need you to bail me out. <laughs> uh-huh. Alrighty, but yeah, All right. um, well, was, it was this was a very fun episode. Thank you guys for listening yeah. and hanging out with us. Um, make sure to follow us on Twitter at Team Underscore Metamorph, and make sure to leave us some suggestions like always. And we will see you guys on episode 14 next week of the Completed Podcast. You guys have a good night. Bye, everyone. Peace. Bye.